Sure.
Previously on the lighthouse. The anchor that you have is the hope in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But that hope must be anchored on the solid foundation of the teachings of Jesus Christ. The strong foundation of our lives, brothers and sisters, are the promises of God in the gospel. The strong foundation of our lives are the promises of God. The the solid and strong foundation of our lives that holds our life together essentially is the finished work of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are you anchoring your life upon? Are you anchoring your life on the belief system of the world? Or are you even anchoring your life on what religion has told you? Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that the anchor that must hold your life, like that ship on the high sea, must be the promise the promises of God that he made and fulfilled for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, here is today's message. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. My name is Davis Bamigboe and I just want to welcome you to our church today. I believe God that you are going to have an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Today we're going to be covering the last part of the series that we started up for many weeks now. I think we've been doing this for the past seven weeks. We've been looking at the series titled Arise, Go Over This Jordan. This series was actually predicated upon the instructions that God gave to Joshua when Joshua took over from Moses. These instructions were given to Joshua to take the children of Israel to the other side of the Jordan to inherit the land that God promised to their fathers. Now, God gave these instructions to Joshua to prepare Joshua for the work ahead. And these instructions, we believe, were quite instructive for us as well in our work with the Lord. No matter what God has called you to do, no matter what your journey may look like that you need to cross, no matter what goals you have set for yourself or has been on your mind to achieve, this message is actually going to be the roundup of that which we have been teaching and it's going to really bless you to be able to you know uh, put all of it together and make it practical for yourself so today i'm going to be talking about a theme titled the foundation for good success or you can say grace the foundation for good success now let's go back to the instruction that god gave to joshua the text we're going to be reading today is in joshua chapter 1 from verses 7 to 8 in the message translation, he says, You are going to lead these people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you are going. And don't, for a minute, let this book of the revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it, day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you will get where you are going. Then you will succeed. That's quite beautiful. Essentially, God gave him an instruction in terms of if you want to succeed, there are things that you need to pay attention to. Let's take a step back and look at the King James Version of the same translation. The KJV says it this way, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, 
but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success praise god okay father i just want to thank you this morning that your words will come out this morning unhindered by any satanic influence i pray almighty god that your word will go into the heart of your people powerfully to change their lives thank you for what you're going to do this morning in jesus name we pray all right when you look in the scripture what you can see is that god gave joshua some salient instructions to make him to succeed that's why i titled this message the foundations for good success you see there is good success and there's bad success so what is good success good success good success actually from god's point of view is actually encapsulated in the words of jesus himself let's go to john chapter 17 verse 4. in john chapter 17 verse 4 the bible here says i have glorified you on the earth colon i have finish the work which you gave me to do so when you look in this scripture Jesus christ is saying i have glorified you on earth i have brought glory to you almighty god because i have finished the work you assigned for me to do so good success from god's point of view really is to finish the work that you have been assigned to do you know good success in the eyes of god is not just about you know be becoming a multimillionaire or becoming a multi-billionaire becoming uh, a person of worth in the in the society and that's okay god also wants to prosper in that way but good success from god's point of view is there is an assignment for each one of you and god wants you to finish that assignment by the time you get to the end of your life god wants you to be like jesus that when he got to the end of his own life here on earth he said i have glorified you on earth because i have finished the work you assigned for me to do god has assigned a work for each one of us to do on this earth when we do that work and we carry to the end that is good success remember as a child of god you are already successful because you see in the book of genesis chapter one when god said when god pronounced a blessing on them and said be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth the word being fruitful there is the word to prosper so in your spirit you already have prosperity in your spirit you are already a prosperous person but so when we talk about being successful we're talking about being prosperous to make it manifest essentially how do you make manifest that which is already inside of you so you are already a success by nature but how do you bring that success to bear in the in, in, in the physical realm that's what we're talking about here and god wants you to do good works god wants you to do the work he has assigned for you to do so that you can bring glory to his name on the earth so you might be a mother taking care of children in this state of your life. You are raising up godly children. You are bringing them in the way of the Lord. If that is what you've been called to do, that's good success. You might be a CEO running a multi-million dollar business. And if that's what you've been called to do, that is good success. You might be somebody today who is in school, who is just studying to get good grades. That's in that state of your life. That is good success. I, don't, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Success from God's point of view is about doing that which you have been called to do is about succeeding bringing to bear bringing forth fruit in that which you have been assigned to do praise god now what is bad success all right bad success is when you succeed the way of the world uh, you know affecting other people cutting corners involving invo making money through dishonest means that is bad success all right none of those things that are built on Trick, trickery or, or deceit will ever last it will never last it's not possible because 
when you look back at it, think about it this way. Um, there's a guy called Nebuchadnezzar, right? Nebuchadnezzar was in the Bible. He was a great king. But if you think about Nebuchadnezzar today, of all of the wealth he has amassed, can you find anyone today? You can't find it because it's all gone. Why? But, but think about it this way. If your life is lived building other people up, guess what will happen? Your memory cannot fade because you are living on in the lives of people that you have touched. So good success from God's point of view is finishing to the last detail that which you have been called to do. Praise God. Alright, so now that we've got that definition out of the way, good success, bad success. God wants you to have good success. God wants you to be, to be prosperous. God wants you to bring the prosperity that is inside of you. He wants you to bring it out on the outside so for the world to see. Why? So that all glory will go to his name alone. Jesus Christ said to us in John chapter 17 verse 4 here that I have glorified you. The way I glorify you on the earth is by finishing the work that you assigned to me to do. So when you finish the work that you have been assigned to do, your work will bring glory to the Almighty God. Praise God. So God told Joshua and said, I already gave you an instruction to be bold and courageous. But now I'm asking you to pay attention be, make sure you observe everything that Moses has told you to do them so that you can do them. Essentially, God was telling Joshua, it is okay to be bold and courageous, but it's also important for you to be a doer of the word. You know, when the Bible says, if you do the word without deviating from what it says, then you will prosper wherever you go. That's what God essentially was telling Moses and was telling Joshua. God was telling Joshua, listen, it's okay to be bold and courageous, but a key thing I also wanted to impress upon your heart in order for you to succeed is that you must do what the word says. Don't deviate from the left to the left. Don't deviate to the right. This means as a believer for you now in our, in our own time and age, as a believer, your prosperity is not tied to a place or to a person. Your prosperity is tied to the one who finished the work for you. Your prosperity is tied to the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's Hill. Remember I mentioned earlier that whenever, when you were born, when you were created, in the beginning when you were created, God pronounced a blessing on you. Every person who is born into the world has been as a pronouncement of God upon them that says, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. But something fun, fun, fantastic happened to the believer. When you then become born again, you enter into God's plan for your life. You enter into God's kind of success for your life. Okay, so in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says, We were recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. In fact, if you read that same scripture, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 in the Passion Translation, is talking about there is a destiny that God has ordained for us that we should follow this destiny but the bible says we were recreated in christ jesus we were made to be born again so that we can follow the destiny that god has in store for us amen so what i'm saying here essentially is there is a destiny assigned to you that god has ordained for you and then when you become born again you are empowered to start walking in that pathway so that when you get to the end of your life you can say i have finished the race i have finished the course now there's there's a laid in store for me now a crown of righteousness that the lord will give to those who, who serve him praise god so brothers and sisters you want to succeed in this life there is a success that is god's ways and god's ways of success is about finishing the assignment that you have been given now so don't try to calculate success 
based on the way the world calculates success. You know, you might, your name might never be on the Forbes list, Forbes rich list, but it doesn't mean that you are not a success. Your name might not be on the who, who is who list in your country, but that doesn't mean you are not a success. Success is doing and finishing and paying attention to that which you have been called to do. I want to hone in on that over and over again so that you can understand that you are already a success in your spirit, but to bring forth that success into reality to bring glory to god there are some things that god wants you to do one of the things that god told joshua is observe all the instructions that you have been given observe all the instructions that you have been given why does god say to why did god say to joshua to observe all of the instruction that he has been given because if you don't pay attention to the word the word will not work for you if you don't pay attention to the word the word will not work for you. See, to be a doer of the word is to be somebody who responds to the word, who acts out the word in his or our own life. In James chapter 1, verse 22, in the Passion Translation, the Bible says, Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self deception. So always let his word become like a poetry written and fulfilled by your life. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says be a doer of the word. Don't just be a hearer of the word alone. Be a doer of the word. No, make the word to be a poem that you are actually acting out. When the Bible says here, let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. What he's saying here is that you must be a poetic performer of the word of God. What does it mean to be a poetic performer of the word? It means to be uh, somebody like an actor who is acting out a script. Have you ever watched a movie before where the actor was so good in the scripting that you thought the movie was real? You know, that actor actually has been able to convey to you that that script which he is performing or she, is, she was performing is so real to you that you thought, oh man, this is so real. For example, I remember when I was in high school, I was... Um, I was in the drama I was in the drama club and we used to play play act you know we go to surrounding neighborhoods surrounding cities to go into the schools to act for them and I happened to play a lead role as a, a young studios boy who was very studious and became successful in life many years later as an accountant and i remember every single i can still remember right now because this is the picture right now every single time they we, we i got called to the stage to go and perform i have mastered my script in and out i can i can do the demonstration i can essentially you know gesticulate with my hands i can uh, you know essentially read 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 up or read after the script i can basically uh, follow the prompt i can do everything so much so that it, it the, the audience gets en enthralled by my performance so when the bible talks about being a doer of the word is essentially he's saying be a poetic performer of the word let your body let your feelings let everything about you come into the world and bring it to life so that when you act the word out you are not acting a fluke you're acting the word out so that it can work for you in your life so to, to be a poetic performer of the word means to relate to the word of god like it is real in your life you are reading a script you internalize that script and you play out the script. Very important. Be a doer of the word. 
when we talk about script here, we're talking about the promises of God. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking about what Christ has purchased for you. The script that you must model your life after is the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, so when Christ says to you that you are holy, for example, or Christ says to you that you are righteous, for example, when Christ says to you that you are flawless and blameless in his sight, for example, you must be a poetic performer of that word. You must take that word, that script, you must internalize it into your heart. Yes, and then you must begin to say it out of your mouth. You must see yourself as if you're acting out a script on a stage. Now, this is not make-believe, brothers and sisters. This is the real deal. This is the way God expects you to relate to the world. If you relate to the world in a way that makes you know that the world is real, if you relate to the world that makes you to know and think that what you read here is for you and it's not a fluke, then it's going to be um, an internal dialogue. It's going to create an internal dialogue in you so much so that it will come out of your mouth and you to become the way you live your life. Now, the word that God told Joshua first is observe, only be thou strong and very courageous. I go back to the text that you may observe to do according to all of the law. You may observe to do according to all of the law. You know, the word observe, I went to check it out in the diction in the um in the concordance. And the word observe that God gave to Joshua in this Joshua chapter 1 verse six, uh, 7 is from the root word that means to hedge about. To hedge about. To hedge about is you have a, a hedge around the house that's protecting the house from intruder. To hedge about or to protect or to wait for or to be like a watchman watching like a sentinel. So when the Bible talks about observe to do according to the word, it's talking about a mindset, a mindset that says, I am going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to protect the word of God from being taken away from my, from my heart. I'm going to, you know, walk, watch over this word. I'm going to uh, pay attention to this word. I'm going to um, essentially protect the word. I'm going to guard against the word from being stolen from me. So it's absolutely, it's absolutely important for you to be vigilant and protect the word and the promises of God that he has made to you. You know, the devil comes in a sneaky way, in a sneaky way to try and steal the word of God from you. But God wants you to hold on to the word of God. He wants you to be to protect the word. And I'm going to show you during this course of this service how you can do that. You see, the word of God must be what you pattern your life after. And this requires a mindset, a mindset on vigilance that says, I will not trade the word of God for the word of the world. I will not trade the word of the of God for the word of the doctor. I will not trade the word of God for the word even of my siblings. I will not trade the word of God for the word of anybody. I will not trade the word of God for the word of the economist. No, I will hold on to the word of God until I see result because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Praise God forevermore. I must take the word of God. I must take it like a treasure you know if you have a treasure something that's so that's so precious to you you don't leave it lying anywhere you know just tramping on it no you don't do that you take it and go and keep it somewhere that it cannot be stolen god wants me to tell you that his word his promises to you must be a treasure that you keep somewhere that it cannot be stolen so when god was telling joshua to observe to do all that moses told him he's saying to him he was saying to him in essence that what you have been told by moses is what is going to take you to the other side pay attention to it don't lose sight of it don't allow yourself to get distracted 
distracted. To treat the word of God with levity is the beginning of trouble. If you just treat the word of God like it's a storybook, like it's just the word of anybody, then you are caught in trouble. You know why? The word cannot work for you when you treat it with such levity. Don't allow yourself to be distracted or stray away from the verity and the importance and the and the power of the word of God. In Genesis chapter 3, I'll give an example of how the word of God, if treated with levity, can be a problem. In Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says to us in from verses 1, the Bible says the background to that story was, uh, you know, God has done everything he would do and put man in the garden and Eve and Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were they were having fun but you see when you go to Genesis chapter I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6 here something happened and I'm going to show you what happened to Eve how Eve treated the Word of God the promises of God and how that made brought trouble into our life let's read the Bible says in verse 1 now the serpent was more crafty I'm reading the amplified version now the serpent was more crafty subtle skilled in deceit you see that than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made and the serpent, that is Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, You shall not eat from it, nor touch it, otherwise you will die. Verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die. Verse 5. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. That is, you will have greater awareness and you'll be like God, knowing the differences between good and evil. Now, listen to that here carefully. In verse 4, the devil blatantly antagonized the word of God. Essentially, the devil said, God is the one who is deceitful. God is the one who is lying. Essentially, he said, you will not die. But God told them, you're going to die if you do X, Y, and Z. Well, said, you will not die. The, the devil comes with blatant antagonism against the word of God in your life. The devil tells you, you are not what God says you are. You cannot do what God says you can do. And when you believe that lie, it will work for you. You see where I'm coming from? All right. So when the devil was accusing God of lying or deceit, even though that's one thing that God cannot do. The devil then further went to say something. You see, when he said, God is lying, he suddenly not die. The Eve, Eve did not refute that sentence. She did not refute the sentence. And because she did not refute the sentence, the devil went on to say something else. Here's what I want you to know. When the devil brings lies into your lives, do not keep quiet. If you don't talk back and say, no, shut up, I refuse that. He's going to come again with another lie, another lie, another lie until his thoughts of deceit be, overwhelm you so much so that you can't even pray and talk. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil an inch in your life. Don't allow those negative words being painted in your heart to take, to take root. When the words come right there and then, say, send it back. Say, no, I refuse it. That's not the vision. That's not the words that my father has told me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the devil then went on to say, God said, God knows that the day that you eat of this tree, of this fruit from this tree, you are going to be like him. Hmm. Now, guess what? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, the Bible says, 
Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, um, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God created he him, male and female created he them. <laughs> That's impressive. God created man like himself. God created woman like himself. God created you like himself. The devil in that Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 says, You shall not die because God knows that the day that you eat of this tree, you are going to be like him. But guess what? They are already like God. They are already like God. They were like God when God created them. They had the same personality of God. The spiritual personality of God was already imputed to them in their spirit. They are already a spiritual being like God. They are spiritual beings like God. But the devil told them that God did not want them to eat of the fruit because he did not want them to be like him. But they are already like him. Now, when Eve did not challenge that, when Eve did not say, shut up, devil, I am already like God. When she did not say that, she went into error. God is asking me to tell you, don't allow the devil to paint pictures that are not synonymous with what my son, Jesus Christ, has already done for you. If there are pictures in your heart today, pictures of failure, pictures of sickness, pictures of uh, poverty, pictures of anxiety, pictures of fear. If there are pictures in your heart of pictures of worthlessness or pictures of not being good enough. Brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that those pictures were put in your heart by the enemy himself. And you can chase that thought out, that image out today as you follow the pattern that I will show you by the, by the grace of God. God showed Joshua a pattern here that we can learn from. Alright, so now you see the statement that inferred that you are not like God is the same message that we are hearing today in the body of Christ. You know, some people will say, you're not holy, you're not righteous, you're not blameless. This exact, this, these are the exact same attributes that God called us. God called us holy. God called us a saint. God called us um, accepted. God called us uh, blessed. God called us chosen. These are the words that God has declared. These are the words that God has declared over our lives to say that is that's who we are. And because that is what God has said about us, we must believe it because this statement that God has said about us are true of us in our spirit. Your flesh might be going onkidori, might be going in a different direction, but guess what? Your spirit right now, brothers and sisters, is jumping up. Your spirit is so delighted and so happy, it's jumping up, it's doing somersault, but your flesh might be going the other way. But God says, don't look at yourself based on your physical flesh. Look at yourself in the spirit. In the spirit, that's the way I see you. John chapter 4 verse 24 says, God is spirit. Those that worship him, those that live the lifestyle of God must relate to him based on the spirit. You must relate to God based on your spiritual identity. In Christ Jesus, you have been forgiven. In Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you are saved. In Christ Jesus, you are holy and righteous and blameless in the eyes of God. That is what God says you are. 
now if you don't believe that you have partaken of the of the of what eve did now because eve did not believe god Eve Eve did not challenge the devil when the devil said you are this you are that you are not like this you are not you are not going to be like god Eve did not argue and because she did not argue she went into error the same message peddled today by the devil is a message that says you are not who god says you are and you cannot do what god says you can do every time god says a word to you and you don't accept it you have just allowed yourself to be deceived by the enemy so when god told joshua that says observe to do is actually saying pay attention pay attention to do everything that you have been told pay attention to hear everything that has been said pay attention to embrace and accept everything that christ already declared you to be pay attention because if you don't pay attention you are going to drift away remember last week i spoke about the anchor that holds the sheep at bay and i spoke about the anchor that anchor is the one that holds the sheep from drifting away the same way we must not allow ourselves to stray from this truth that god has declared to us it is by observing paying attention john joshua chapter 1 verse 7 says do not turn from me to the right from this truth don't turn from the right to the right don't turn to the left why because that's the only way you can prosper wherever you go wherever you go on this earth if you don't turn away from this truth that's been revealed to you today the bible says you are going to prosper don't stray away from the solid ground of the word of the new creation identity don't stray away from the promises of God. The Bible says if you do if you don't stray away, then you will prosper wherever you go. Now, how do you do this? Well, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Now, I'm going to now start talking about what I want to talk about today is about the foundation for good success. Praise God forevermore. Now, what this is saying here, please, ladies and gentlemen, is that the grace of God has purchased for you everything that you need for this life. God has already done everything for you that you need in this life. He has purchased them for you. But God says you must say them out of your mouth constantly. You can constantly say out of your mouth, I am holy, I am righteous, I am blameless. I'm blessed, I'm set apart, I'm chosen. Make sure that the word that is spoken out of your mouth is the word that is the is the are the words that align with what Christ has done for you and Christ has purchased for you. The Bible says you must not allow these words, these promises to depart out of your mouth. You know, in that KJV that we just looked at in John Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the word depart there is the word to remove. Bible essentially say, do not allow my words to be removed out of your mouth. Praise God forevermore. He's saying, no matter what happens to you, no matter what life, life may throw at you, no matter what you may face right now in life, never stops to speak my promises out of your mouth. Then God says another thing there. He says, meditate on the word. How often? Day and night. How often? Day and night. Now, the word meditate is from the root word that means to ponder, to mutter, to imagine. I will explain that. To mutter is your sense, your, your, your mumbling words out of your mouth. To imagine is to paint pictures in your heart. Then to ponder is to ruminate, is to think over. God is saying that when you meditate, you must imagine, you must think, you must mutter. So meditation is a process whereby you are using to, you are using to rewrite the words of God on your heart. 
So God wants his words to paint pictures of hope in your heart and to be the basis of your imagination. Now, as you do this, he wants you to mutter those words out of your mouth. He's saying that when you do this, when you can do this, it will paint a picture in your heart so much that you then begin to act the words that you have muttered out of your mouth. Let me explain it again. All right, you have the promises of God. To meditate on the promise of God means you must use the word of God, the promise that you've heard, to use to paint pictures. Look at all the possibilities of what it means if that was that word is indeed true in your life. What are the possibilities that you can have? You paint that pictures in your heart. You think about it over and over and over and over. And then you mutter it. You say it out of your mouth. You mutter, you mumble, you mumble out of your mouth. The Bible says when you do that, this, this act of muttering, imagining and thinking on the promise of God in your heart will lead you to recreate a belief system inside of you. And once you have a new belief system, you are going to start acting according to your belief system. Now, when you act according to your belief system, which is predicated upon the truth of the word of God that you have now written in your heart, you are going to get the result that you desire. Praise God. God says you will make your way prosperous you know the bible says you will make your way prosperous go back to that scripture again joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says when you do this you will make your way prosperous you know god the bible didn't say god will make your way prosperous bible said you will make your own way prosperous how do you make your own way prosperous by doing what god said you should do when you do what god says you should do you will make your way prosperous to make your way prosperous means to agree with god do what god says you do you know what observe the word speak the word Meditate the word, do the word, and then you will make your way prosperous. Praise God forevermore. Remember, you are not doing these things to get God to bless you. God already blessed you. But God's approach to bring the blessing from the realm of the spirit to the realm of the physical is to observe the word, study the word of God, speak the, the promises out of your mouth, meditate it in your heart so that it paints a new picture in your heart, and then act the word begin to act according to your belief act the word when you act the word then you are going to get the result that the word of god has told you praise god forevermore god has given you a formula that guarantees that, that guarantees success you must cooperate with him you must pay attention to the word of god and his promises you must speak the word of god out of your mouth consistently you must allow the word of god to paint pictures of in your imagination pictures of hope pictures of what it means when this word is true in your life by meditating on the word of god you must do the word you must act the word you know you know act as, the, as if the word is true in your life based on the new belief system that you have now created so i'm going to give you an example today so that you can take it away and then use it as practice okay should we do that all right let's look at ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 in the passion translation the bible says and in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we will be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. The Bible here says, in love God chose us before he laid the foundation of the world. Because of this great love, he ordained us so that, the reason why he ordained us is so that we can be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. All right, so let's take the first part of that sentence. When I take this scripture, the first thing I do is I read it first, as I've just read it. Remember, pay attention to the word of God and his promises. That is, you study it, you read it, 
Second step is you speak the word out of your mouth consistently. Third thing is you paint the pictures of hope in your, of, in your imagination. You, you, you meditate on that word until it paints a picture in your heart. As it paints that picture in your heart to the point where you start to feel the, the word, the impact of the word in your heart, right? That means it's creating a new belief system in you and then you begin to act it out. All right. So let's see how this is going to work. So the first thing I take, I take the scripture, right? And I read it. Now, when I read it, I pay attention to it. I keep looking at it. I say, as then I say that of my mother. I said, I said, oh, and in love, he chose me. See what do I'm doing? It. Please follow my, look at my example. And in love, he chose me. So I've changing the word now. Instead of us, I'm making it personal now. And in love, he chose me before he laid the foundation of the universe. I stopped there. Before God laid the, so now I close my eyes, right? And I imagine before God created the universe, he chose me first. Think about that. Before God created the world, he chose me first. So I think about that. Oh, he chose me first. Before God, before there was ever the moon, the stars, any of this thing, God chose me first. Which means, what does that mean? If he chose me first, what does that mean? It means I am not a mistake. Wow. Do you see, do you see how the revelation just comes like that? I don't know whether you get it. That's the way the revelation just comes. To me, anyway, that's the way the revelation comes. I just say, oh, if I'm chosen first, it means I'm not a mistake. It means I am not a, a product of happenstance. Do you see what I'm saying? It means this whole universe, I am bigger than the universe in the eyes of God. This whole universe was actually created to serve me because I was first in line. I was chosen first. I was on the priority lane. I was in, on the priority lane of God. I was chosen first. I was called first. Every other thing came last. I don't know whether you can get that. This is how you take the word. Begin to use the paint pictures in your heart. Now, as I ponder on this word that says, I am chosen, the word serves me everything. Guess what will happen when I stand up in the morning and I carry that consciousness to my workplace? I am not, th- I am not thinking like a victim. I'm not thinking like somebody who, who is a victim of the world. No, I say, no, the, everything serves me. Even when I face challenges, I will know, no, come on, you are in charge, eh? Remember, he chose you first. This is how you take the word that God has said to you. He used to paint pictures in your heart to the point where it creates a feeling of joy inside of you. When it does, you are creating a new belief system. And once, once a new belief system is formed in you, Brothers and sisters, it is natural, automatic, you start acting your belief system out. Everybody behaves out of a belief system. Everybody behaves out of a belief system. There's nobody who behaves today out of something that they didn't believe in. No, every behavior is coming out of what you believe, what you have seen yourself to be on the inside. And what I'm trying to do today by the grace of God is to help you to learn how to paint new pictures in your heart to see yourself the way God sees you. Praise God. All right. So, I think that example should help us. So, if you're chosen before God made the world, it means your birth was not a happenstance. It means everything in the world exists to serve you. It means your choice predates even the creation of the world. It means God had you in mind when he created the world. It means that you are the reason the world itself exists. And as you ponder this thought, what pictures can you see in your mind? Right now, is it of low self-worth or someone of value? Let me know. If you're in the, if you're in the, if you're in the online church, post it right now in the chat. Let me know what pictures is coming to you as you ponder on the scripture, as you see this word that I'm saying, as it's creating pictures in your heart. Is it of low self-worth? Is it of somebody of, of value? Now, as you continue to see this picture in your heart, mutter these words out. 
I am chosen in love before God. I am chosen in love before God created the world. I am chosen in love before God created the world. Why still holding on to that picture? You're saying, I'm chosen in love before God created the world. I am special and I have a purpose. Thank you, Jesus. I'm special. I have a purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as you hold that picture and as you say these words, brothers and sisters, something's going to happen to you in your body. In your body. Now, not your spirit is already perfect. Remember, in your body, you start to feel a sense of joy, a sense of elation that will start to come upon you. Now, take this feeling you have and use it to face the day. You know, you can use this thing for everything. You can use it for healing. You can use it for... Um, for holiness, for anything, any promise that God has made in the Bible, you can use this same approach to get your heart to see it. Once your heart sees it, then you can say it out of your mouth. When you carry a sense of being special, being chosen, not not being uh, an, an afterthought, you know, then guess what's going to happen? Your life will change radically because you are now embracing the view that God has about you. You are embracing that view, and the more of that view you embrace, the better your life becomes. Praise God. The Bible here says. As a man thinks in his heart, so easy. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so easy. This means you ultimately become what you think of yourself in your heart. So allow God's words, brothers and sisters, to paint pictures of hope, pictures of righteousness and holiness in your heart. And according to that which you have believed, your heart, it will become a reality in your outward life. Whatever your heart believes to be true, it will produce for you in the outward life. Praise God forevermore. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, if you don't act out the word, then the Bible says you have deceived yourself. James 1.22 that we read earlier says, if you don't respond to the word, you have deceived yourself. Now, it is nobody deceiving you, you have deceived yourself. So if you choose not to believe what God says about you, then you have deceived yourself. And when you become deceived, like Eve got deceived, you know what happened? Eve was thrown out of paradise. In this case, you are the one that is taking yourself away from the promise of God. You are the one that is not allowing yourself to enjoy what God has in store for you. And guess what? The plot of the enemy is for you to feel exactly the way you are feeling. It's for you to exactly not appreciate and embrace the way God sees you. That's what, that's the exact strategy that the enemy is trying to make it to you. And I'm saying to you this morning, don't go, don't go with the devil. Don't agree with him. Don't agree with that thought. Don't agree with the thought of the world or the, the thought of or, or the sniggering comment of your co-workers or the sniggering comment even of your schoolmates, people that are in your school, for those of you who are students. Don't listen to those words because their words don't matter. Their opinions don't count. The opinion of the one who counts most is the opinion of God. And guess what he said? He said, you are holy, righteous, and blameless that you have unstained innocence before him. Praise God forevermore. So you want to enjoy God's best. Pay attention to the word, study the word, speak the word, meditate the word, act the word out like a poet. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2 says, You are snared or ensnared with the words of your mouth. You are taken captive with the words that you speak. Bible says our words have the power to hold us in bondage. But guess what? Our words also have the power to set us free. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, Jesus Christ himself said, For by your words you will be acquitted, you will be set free, and by your words you will be condemned, which means you determine based on what you say at the state you be in life. As I round up, I want to show you a picture of somebody who embraces the God God's way of doing things. What normally will happen to them? In Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1 from verses 1 to 3, I read, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, 
nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day in and night on the true revelation of life. You see again, you meditate again day and night, you ponder day and night on what you have been told. The Bible says when you do this, guess what's going to happen? Look at verse 3. He or she will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, which no matter what happens in the world, you are always going to flourish. You are planted by God's design. You are deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, which means bliss is flowing into your life like a river. You are bearing fruit in every, every season of life. Amen. Which means whether you are 50, 60, 70, or 20, you are always producing results. That is so powerful. That blesses me so much. Then the Bible says, you are never dry. You are never fainting. You are ever blessed. You are ever prosperous. I prophesy over your life in the name of Jesus that as you put these things to use, these words will become life in your own life. I profess over your life that you will stand tall and firm like a tree that flourishes. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will be planted by God's design in the destiny that he has created for you. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will be deeply rooted, deeply rooted by the brook of bliss. In your life, bliss is going to be flowing like a river, unending river in the name of Jesus. I pray all over your life in the name of Jesus Christ that you will always bear fruit in every season of your life. In every season, you are being bearing fruit that will bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray over your life that you are never dry, you are never fainting, you are ever blessed and ever prosperous in the name of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Now it's your turn, brothers and sisters. I want you to take the rest of that Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. There's the rest part of it that talk about you, you are being holy. Take it and take it through this process that I've told you about. Let me know how that has blessed you. Let me know how that is working for you in your life. So this brings us to the end of this eight-part series eight-part series yeah the series is arise go over this journal but it's eight parts of the series just to let you know if you want to order a copy of it or download the whole set we are going to convert all of this into mp3 please make sure that when you get the link go back go there and download it for your own uh, you know study study it and meditate on it and make it work for you remember if you don't do the world you are going to deceive yourself so if you want all of this now we've spoken about over this past two months to work for you do the work, do the assignment, do the exercises, and then you begin to see results in the name of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Before I go, I want you to know that if you want to have got a 10-day challenge, if you want, a, I think I've got a 10-day challenge, it might be a book or series, I don't really know, but if you want a 10-day challenge on how to speak the word, how to believe the word, how to receive the word, how to do the word, it's called SBDRT. Um, it's a 10-day challenge. Please, you see a link uh, at the bottom of this page. Um, or you can send an email to our email address and we'll send you a copy of that and you can just take the, take the challenge yourself and begin to grow in the name of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Almighty God, I thank you for your children. I thank you, Almighty God, that this morning, oh Lord, uh, that their lives are changed in the name of Jesus. I thank you, oh Lord, that they've learned new words, new, new strategy, your strategy, your foundation for good success on how they can make the word of God work for them. Lord, I pray, oh Lord, as they go, they will be doers of the word. They will take the word and use it for their for their own personal lives. And Father, I thank you that they will see results because your word never fails. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Amen. All right, thank you very much. I'll see you another time. Darkness fills the night.
My strength. 